Hello and welcome to Real Education, the podcast where we take two movies from different generations and we each defend why our choice is the better movie. Good morning, or good morning, jeez. <laughs> wow. Good evening, Mr. Marvin. How are you tonight? I'm good. How are you? It's snowing outside. It we're, is. We're snuggled in here, ready to do our podcast. Yeah, yeah. Tonight, we're going to be talking about two movies about haunted houses, um, Poltergeist from 1982 and The Conjuring from 2013. Um the reasons why we pick these two movies. Um, they both deal with haunted houses. They do. Um, you're dealing, you have a family that's dealing with ghosts or spirits within that house and stepping into their lives in a big, big way. You also have one person being targeted in each of the families. Yes. The haunting is kind of directed towards one person mm-hmm. where they're of value. Mm-hmm. Um, other ways would you connect these movies um you know i noticed there was a there was a scene as really small on the conjuring where you've got snow on the tv that's something that you just don't get anymore yeah you know so um they both had a family dog that sensed some evil absolutely movies that sensed that something was wrong in the conjuring their dog didn't even want to come in the house in poltergeist the dog at night when they're all sleeping kind of sees things going on there which is everybody's uh-huh. fear yeah <laughs> now because of the time frame of both of these stories they both have mothers that don't work yep the fathers work and the mothers do not they both have a scene where you've got like weather playing a factor in there oh yeah where Lorraine is hanging out the clothes and the storm clouds move in the storm cloud the storm and the thunderstorms is a bigger subplot and poltergeist for sure. Robbie, absolutely. You also have a, a big emphasis on the investigators in both movies. Yes. The investigators play a huge role. Mm-hmm. Um and, and uh I think And come live with them. Yeah, and, and both, become part of the yes, household. Absolutely. In both you know, movies. I wrote down become part of the family and I wrote that down and I was like, that's not right. They didn't they became part of the household. Yes not so much of um, the families you also have something that's kind of an evil entity there object the clown in poltergeist yes. oh my gosh, the doll in the conjure yep, yep, <laughs> which are sure. both, both terrifying movies. holy cow yes, yes absolutely and the last thing that I've written down as far as horror movies go the violence and the graphic nature is is pretty tame in pretty both, tame in both movies. Yeah. You know? It's more about the actual evil itself. Yes. Not, it's not a slasher. It's not gory. It's more about just setting a very intense setting and kind of creating fear um, in a much more subtle way. Right, right. Which I think is almost more fun in most cases. Because I read in The Conjuring, they wanted to try to get a PG-13 rating mm-hmm. to get more people in the seats in the theaters and... They wouldn't do it because okay. of the scare, because of the fear that was there. So um, I'll start off with Poltergeist. The synopsis, or kind of a quick uh, plot synopsis here of Poltergeist. You have the, the family, the Freelings, who are kind of your t- typical suburban family. 
Um, the father, Steve, he sells real estate in their housing development, which just keeps growing and growing and growing. Diane is the stay-at-home mom who takes care of the three kids. You've got Dana, who is, I think, 16. You've got Robbie, who's 8, and Carol Ann, who is 5. Um, some strange things start to happen in the house. Uh, you got things in the kitchen. The kitchen is where things really start to happen there. Um, the chairs restack themselves. Mom discovers that if you put a chair in a certain spot, it gets drug across the, the kitchen. And a Carol Ann gets to be a part of that experiment also. Um, which is kind of, you know, these things are kind of cute at first, but then it turns more sinister very quickly um, when Carol Ann disappears. And the only way to communicate with her is through the white noise, the static of the, of the television when there's no reception there. The team of paranormal investigators move into the house, um, but they see that they're kind of in over their heads. They're more of documenting things, I think, more. Now, Dr. Lesh, the red-headed woman with the glasses, she seems to be the most knowledgeable. Yes. The two guys with her are more the tech guys, yes. the uh, filming and, and photographing and, and documenting all that. But they, they also enlist the services of Tangina, which Mr. Marvin didn't like her Not character. I love her character because she's weird, she's odd, she's, you know, and she's the one who finally figures it all out. Figures basically. it all out, yes. How about The Conjuring, Mr. Marvin? So The Conjuring is basically, uh, starts as two separate stories that then obviously come together. The first, uh, it opens up and talks about Ed and Lorraine Warren, who are in real life, um, were paranormal investigators, pretty famous. They've been involved in a lot of uh, big time stories. Uh, and it kind of intros them, shows what they do, shows kind of uh, in intros with the Annabelle story, which then they go on to make a movie about, which I think is just garbage. Um, <laughs> but it intros with them, shows what who they are, kind of what they do, um, shows them lecturing in, at uh, colleges and kind of uh, that side of them. Uh, then we get the Perrin family who just moved into a new house, kind of out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, from the very beginning, you can tell something's off, their dog's going nuts, won't come in the house, just refuses, digs his heels in. Um, you know something's a little bit off. Uh, just like Poltergeist, you, you kind of start having these moments where things are, are a little weird. I'd say in Poltergeist, it starts out a little more funny. Um, here, it's just minor incidences, some noises. Uh, the kids play this game where it's hide and seek, but they have to clap when they call for it. Uh, and you get these claps out of nowhere. Um, so you, you know something's going on uh, within the house and that something's there. And then things get out of hand. It starts to get physical. The daughters, when they're sleeping, they're getting their feet grabbed and drugged. Um, they can smell the rotting, the rotting, um, basically like rotting, rotting flesh. flesh. Yeah, that's what I go with. It, yeah. um, and so these things escalate, escalate to where the point uh, they understand that this is a real issue, and they call in Ed and Lorraine to come check it out. Um, and that's obviously where those two stories now overlap. Um, Ed and Lorraine spend time there researching or kind of studying the situation. They try and they set up cameras, um, all that good stuff, and they're trying to capture exactly what's going on. Uh, Lorraine is integral to the story because she is ooh, forgot the word. Uh, clairvoyant. There we go, clairvoyant. Thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's through her abilities that she's able to kind of crack this case open as to what is actually haunting them. 
what's causing this problem. Um, and in the end, uh, it, it just keeps building. What I love about this movie is it just keeps building and building and building and the, the setting, they make it more and more intense until the, the end where it is an absolute, it's chaos. Mm -hmm. um, there's a full-on possession, there's things flying everywhere, you're seeing, um, you're seeing things through Lorraine's eyes a lot of the times and seeing these people who have passed away or people who were pro or previously possessed. Um, and in the end, they're able to, to uh, finish an exorcism uh, and, and kind of save this family, give them an opportunity to get back to a somewhat normal life after an event like that. So, that's The Conjuring. So, it's time to grade these movies out. Our first category is a common one we use frequently. Uh, the cast. What did you think about the cast of these two movies? Okay, I'm going to start by the cast of Poltergeist. I like the parents. Craig T. Nelson is a great actor. You've seen in a lot of different things. TV and movies. Joe Beth Williams plays the mother. Um, the three kids... Carol Ann is definitely the the star of yes. those three kids' role. No doubt. The oldest daughter, just, I mean, there's an unfortunate story. I mean, shortly after she filmed this movie, she was murdered by her boyfriend. I mean, it's, you if you delve into anything of Poltergeist, there's this whole Poltergeist curse conspiracy theory. So, um, but I think... As those parents and those kids, they get us to care about them very, very well in this movie. I think the beginning of the movie, before the evil starts taking place in Poltergeist, you you, st you really start to care about this family. You see the ins and outs of their daily life. You see them at breakfast. You see that they're, you know, dad's busy with his job and they're putting in a pool in the backyard and mom's trying to wrangle three kids and all that. So I like the three investigators that they brought in. They're okay. Um, but I really like Tangia, Tangina. Um, Zelda Rubenstein is her, is her name. And I just... If you flash that woman's picture, that role in Poltergeist is what people would think of. That's definitely her iconic character. So, as far as the cast of Poltergeist, I gave it a grade of a 90. So, a solid B there. The cast of The Conjuring, I like all those character actors. The girls um, were good actors. I don't know. There just were more of them, and it was hard yeah. for me to kind of keep... Which one was which, or their names straight? Oh, it was so hard to follow which one was which. I, I mean, I had to write things down as I was watching them, but I think all those girls did a great job acting. They, they brought a lot of believability there. I liked Rob Livingston, um, who plays the dad, who is famous for being in Office Space. Mm -hmm. um, I think he's he's a. A good character actor who brought some humanity to that role. I really like Lily Taylor. I've, you know, from back to say anything and she was in. No, I liked um, Vera Farminga as Lorraine and Patrick Wilson as Ed, the two, and I forget their last names. Warren. Warren, thank yep. you, and thank Lorraine you. Warren. I think they are uh, Vera uh, Lorraine, that character, that actress. I think she is fantastic. So I gave the cast of The Conjuring a ninety-one. I gave it one point higher 
than the cast of Poltergeist. What are your feelings on the cast, Mr. Marvin? So I will start with Poltergeist also. Um, I agree with you. Love Craig T. Nelson and Joe Beth Williams, the parents. Uh, they, I Craig T. Nelson, I felt like you talked about um, how, how they made you care about this family, the intro. And I think the intro of the movie itself does a great job of making you invest in this wholesome family, these caring parents. But I think Craig T. Nelson was at the center of it. I loved his performance here. Um, I thought he just played that that wholesome, caring dad, kind of the, the setup of the family. Um, Joe Beth Williams, also awesome. High energy throughout. I thought she was kind of goofy, funny in the beginning, mm-hmm. um, but also great in emotional moments. Um, just, she played that mother bear. Yes, the mother bear yeah. played it perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's seeing the girl's bird die and how she handles that. Oh, yes. Um, and then when, uh, when Carol Ann gets lost, just that emotion. I thought she just played it well. Mm-hmm. She, she sold it and, again, got you invested. The kids, excluding Heather O'Rourke, who plays Carol Ann, the other two I did not like at all. Yeah, Uh, I'm very critical of. I think kids in movies, like more than not, are kind of bad actors. Yeah, which is understandable. Probably not fair for me to be Mm -hmm. mean to children. Um, but uh, the one scene that comes to mind is when Carol Ann, you first hear her through the TV, Mm -hmm. and it's the little boy sitting by the TV. I thought that was weird. I thought he did. He just drove me nuts. Like the way he portrayed emotion. Um, when he speaks, I got ang- I got frustrated. I was like, "Oh, this kid." Yeah. Um, not my favorite at all. But um, you know, I'll cut him some slack. Young guy played the role. Didn't take too much away from the movie. I'm just gonna say he hurt my overall or the grade for the cast for me. Uh, the other one is the one you liked, um, Tangina, played by Zelda Zelda Rubinston. Mm-hmm. Holy cow. Um, <laughs> I did not like her. I thought she was way too goofy for the role. I thought they introduced her in at a serious point in the movie when you already had some comic value from the other three investigators. Mm-hmm. Uh, not necessarily uh, Dr. Was it Dr. Lesh? Yes. Yes, Dr. Lesh. Not Dr. necessarily Lesh. her. She was kind of your straight lace, like actual mm-hmm. um, expert. But the other two were kind of goofy. They had some moments that were kind of funny. Sure. Um, so you already had a little bit of comic relief. And then within a big, big ser- or within the like serious piece of the movie, you introduce this other expert, Tangina, who has a voice that drove me insane. She's got that <laughs> nasally voice, um, and then also her her stature. I I just felt distracted. I was like, oh, look at the-. like she's just an like you said, she's an odd character. Yes. And yes. after hearing you say it, like how that could be a positive, I agree with you. Like especially within See? this movie. And when you're talking about paranormal experts, yes. yeah, you're, you're gonna have some oddballs. Yeah, I think about oddball, yes. oddballs. Yes. Um, however, she bought. She wasn't my favorite. Um, I won't. I won't hate on her too much. I, again, overall, I thought the cast was good. It didn't take too much away from the movie. The negatives I had were very nitpicky. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than Craig T. Nelson, no one stood out to me as. Uh, I shouldn't say that. Heather O'Rourke and Craig T. Nelson. Those were big standouts to mm-hmm. me. The others I thought were good, not yeah. not great other than again the young boy. Um, so I gave them an eighty two overall. Okay. Thought solid cast did a good job. Just had some air issues where I, I I wasn't a huge fan. Um, going over to the Conjuring. Uh, the Conjuring is pretty easy for me to talk about. The family I thought was good. 
And that's about it. They were mm-hmm. good. I don't think anybody stood out. Ron Livingston, I don't dislike him, but in this role, um, I just think about office space. And I think he's kind of, like, when I see his face, I think he's kind of a smug guy. Yeah. Some of his facial expressions just make me think he's smug. Um, which is a little different than the role he's playing here. Sure. More of the caring father and kind of the same same type of role as Craig T. Nelson in Poltergeist. Um, I thought Craig T. Nelson was way more believable. Yeah, Craig T. Nelson's a better actor. Uh, no, 100% a better Definitely. actor in my opinion. Um, but I'll say this. Uh, while I thought, and then I give credit to the, uh, the girls in the movie... Um, Again, I'm critical. Whenever I see a child actor, I'm like, ah, is this going to be hit or miss? Um, I thought they did a good job. Not they st- did a good job of giving the the big scenes to the older girls. Yes. I yep. think that's what they did better. I, in absolutely. The they just handled that better mm-hmm. of giving them, knowing knowing that that can be a weakness in movies. Right, right. Um, but I thought they did a good job. Uh, the ones I really loved, I think uh, Ed Warren... And Lorraine Warren were played awesome. I think those two do a great job. Uh, Patrick Wilson, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. Yes. Patrick Wilson. Yes. Um, I think he does really well in this type of horror movie. He does this, the really serious, caring, like he's worried about Lorraine yes. um, when she's struggling with her clairvoyance, um, where it's hurting her. Mm-hmm. I, I think he does those emotional and really serious kind of scary roles well. Yeah. Um, or horror movie roles. His role was not scary. Uh, and then I thought Lorraine did a good job. Uh, Vera, Vera, oh gosh, Vera Farmiga. Farmiga. Yeah, Farmiga. Farmiga. Uh, that's a tough last name. It is. Um, I also thought she did a really good job of portraying this idea of clairvoyance and kind of how it affects her and showing that um, those two, I thought, I, I ended up caring a lot more about those two, I think, than I did any other character in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and kind of their family dynamic. They go to a side story with their daughter and all that. Um, I just thought they commanded the screen better. Like, when they're on scene, you're like, oh my gosh, these two are doing a great job. Sure. Um, overall, thought it was a good cast. Again, compared to some of the stuff we've watched, not my all-time favorite cast. I think uh, if, if I had to just describe it all at once, I would use what I said earlier. It was good. Mm-hmm. It was good. That's about it. It wasn't the most incredible thing ever. So I went 86 for Conjuring, 82 for Poltergeist. Okay. So, leads us to our next category. We're talking about believability. 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 Of that presence of evil. Yes, the evil the idea. Yes. So, so, what do you got there? So, for Poltergeist, I, I kind of alluded to this earlier in my synopsis. It starts small. You get little bits and pieces of things in in the house. It starts in the kitchen. It starts with the Carol Ann and Robbie's bedroom that they share with the closet. And when they bring the investigators into that room and stuff's flying around and, you know, the lamp comes and lights itself up. Yeah. And, and then you go back to... Mom wants to check on that room later on in the movie and she gets about two inches of the door open and it's just you know and then once um uh tangi tangina i got i have the names in this movie tangina comes then it's an all out freak out in that room i mean you've got just it's just evil in this room so i mean it, it built very very well um you said that to me today before we we started recording the movie stands up well i think the effects 
the creature kind of mm-hmm. effects stand up pretty well. There were only a couple things that I thought were a little cheesy. The one where the guy rips, Peel starts his tearing his face off. Yeah. That was very, very bad well, special effects. From the get-go, it was tough because it was him staring in the mirror. Yes. And then it flips to that waxy face. Oh, and it's yeah. like doesn't even necessarily look like his right, face. It looks like right. a different face altogether. Where, where that could have totally been taken out of the movie. Yeah, and it And I fine. think it would have been fine. Yeah, Because when he grabs the steak out of the out of the refrigerator and puts it on the counter and grabs the chicken leg and then the steak starts crawling across yeah. the counter and guts start coming out of it and then he drops the chicken leg and there's maggots on it. I mean, that did enough for us Oh, absolutely. The clown, you know, the evil clown and all that. Um, So I think the the presence of some evil in this house, I think it was pretty believable for me. So I give it a 94 for believability in Poltergeist. In The Conjuring, I think they did a really good job with the scientific part, melding the scientific part with those in those real life investigators, along with the spiritual part of it too. Yeah, I mean they brought in the the her clairvoyant ability, along with how he's recognized by the demonologist. Yeah, recognized the only one at his at the time that was recognized by the Catholic Church. So, I mean you get a lot of that. The, the girls in the scenes, I mean, seemed scared and seemed horrified and were like, what is going on? You had ghosts that had names. You had Bathsheba mm-hmm. and you oh, had Rory and you're just in the music box of just popping up this mm-hmm. mirror and seeing yeah. Rory over your shoulder. I mean, that messes with you. Yeah. The cold in the bedroom, which if you study about ghosts or you investigate about ghosts at all that's always kind of a reoccurring theme of it's cold and something smells and I mean that's you got a pretty good um, presence of evil there in that house and just the way that house looked that old farmhouse you've got cracks in that old plaster you've got smudges and it just looks kind of grimy and dirty and you're like god I'd be cleaning this house or painting this house so it looked a little more cheerful you know so I actually gave um, The Conjuring a 92 after I gave Poltergeist a 94 for that category so how how believable did you feel those movies portrayed it so Poltergeist um, I'm I'm with you both movies what I think they did well um, that I feel like a lot of movies, and again, I give credit to the older movie because it was made in a time where this wasn't quite as relevant as today. Mm-hmm. I thought they did a both jo- or both did a good job of building, mm-hmm. um, starting minor, um, almost starting innocent, and then not jumping steps, not going from something mild to something totally insane, mm-hmm. but just building the intensity. Sure. Building, building. And Poltergeist started out as fun. It started out as I put this chair here or I put my daughter here in a helmet and right. she'll slide to the opposite right. side. Um, and uh, and I, I like that. I think that helps, like the tension building. That's a big mm-hmm. thing in horror movies. And I thought they both did it really well. Um, I also, I'm, I'm with you that I thought the effects, uh, I thought they held up pretty well. Like obviously they're not today's effects standards. Right, right. But other than the face peeling, mm-hmm. I was pretty impressed. I mean, even when they do some CG, the CG monster uh, 
Well, you have the CG monster and you have the skull coming out of the closet, yes. uh, mm-hmm. which was uh, practical effects. Mm-hmm. I thought both of those looked pretty dang good for the yeah. time and, and watching it again now. Um, and not that effects necessarily, well, since it's an older movie, I nitpick about effects. But I thought they did a good job of making it believable by not taking you out of the movie, by that evil having a little bit of a face in a physical form. Sure. Um, I also love the the concept of the the room, the closet gateway, mm-hmm. and then the opening in the living room where yes. you can throw something through there and it comes through. Uh, for me, that's just a little detail, a, a, a kind of strange explanation of something you... I can't say I've ever seen that in a movie. No. So when I see something like that, I'm like, oh yeah, it makes it believable. When you put the time into into some of the details like that to make it a cool, um, to make the setting a little more terrifying, to do all that. Um, I also thought, the other thing I'd give this a positive for before I go into some negatives, um, the little boy, I didn't necessarily like him as an actor, but the situations they put him in, I thought built uh, built the believability a lot that specifically for Carol Ann, obviously she was at the center of a lot of the horrible things, mm-hmm. but also it was just this idea, and they explained it a little bit, of the children being a little more susceptible to, um, Carol Ann specifically being susceptible, um, not susceptible, being able to see things differently than everybody else. Sure. Um, but the little boy also, and yeah, what his name in the movie? Robbie. Uh, Robbie. Robbie. Robbie, the scenes they put him in, like with the tree, I oh, felt gosh. that because as a kid looking out a window and being like, oh my gosh, that thing looks creepy. Right. And then it comes right. to life and rips you out of the room. Now, Steven Spielberg wrote this script and those were two of the fears that he has as, as a kid. The tree and the clown. Yeah. That's I was going to go to the clown right also. Um, and for me, when you're, when you're trying to portray evil, playing on people's senses and fears is a great way for me mm-hmm. to buy in and be like, that's a great way to show that. Sure. The clown was horrifying. The tree was horrifying. Uh, now, where I fall off a little bit, the believability, um, where I, I was a little frustrated was I wanted a little more of an explanation of the um, of the backstory of that mm-hmm. cemetery of that it almost felt like it was just halfway through the movie you find out this is built on a cemetery mm-hmm. um, and I thought in the end like I said I was super entertained I thought it did a pretty good job of tying together a storyline but I was like Conjuring tells you this massive backstory of the 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 dead the dead spirits that are there and explaining demons and explaining yes. kind of what they're doing mm-hmm. I don't think Poltergeist did as good a job of that um, so. I thought it was good. Also, uh, the other thing, um, the other thing that made it not great for me was just a a little detail that for me makes things believable is, um, and this is me just buying into horror movies and absolute uh, <laughs> tropes. That broken down house idea. Yes. When you put it in a normal neighborhood in this mm-hmm. beautiful neighborhood, I don't know. Doesn't necessarily do it for me. Um, it, it took me out where like, well, okay, they built it on a cemetery and it's an all right backstory. Yeah. Um, so I gave this believability, I gave it an 80, um, which again, I, I tend to go a little low. Um, but I thought, again, good, not great. Mm-hmm. Conjuring, uh, oh, sorry, I got to backtrack. I also have to say, uh, Poltergeist, the other reason I came out, because I told you I actually really liked it as far as what I expected. Mm-hmm. I watched the newer one before I watched the older one. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen the newer one. No, I have not. 
I think it's horrible. <laughs> it is so bad. I thought this movie was going to be the worst. Yeah. I am thoroughly impressed compared to that one. I'm sorry. I just had to throw no, that in there. No, that's good. Um, so now over to Conjuring. Believability. Um, again, the backstory. When you set that backstory, when you tell the story, you get this feeling of like what is actually going on. You understand the evil a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, or Poltergeist, I felt like it was just a little more, hey, some, some dead bodies, therefore evil. Um, now, that's robbing it of some of the explanation it gave, which we'll talk about later. Um, but compared to Conjuring, where they dive into the Bathsheba and the the um, the Warrens talking about evil and kind of how it inhibits people and the mm-hmm. things you see, as well as the accuracy with what you, you talked about and I had... Uh, something I thought about a lot was like, oh, they followed kind of what people believe about uh, ghost spirits, all those interactions, mm-hmm. the cold spots, the smells... Um, how humans behave in those situations, kind of um, possession, how possession has looked when it, again, whether you believe it or not, um, when it's portrayed or when it's been claimed to have happened. Sure. I thought they did a good job of that um, and and really selling that fear um, and selling that idea of this evil. Um, I also just thought Bathsheba is a... When you talk about evil, that was the face of evil. Yes. When yeah. she pops up in the basement, when she falls through the wall, mm-hmm. and it's she's behind her, and oh my gosh, that, I thought, again, um, with the category, just talking about believability and evil, I thought The Conjuring, for me, nailed it, and again, I didn't start with this, this is one of my favorite horror movies, not my absolute favorite, but one of them. Um, so I gave believability a 90 for The Conjuring. Nice. A 90, which still is a little low. Um, right. But I'm a little bit You're of a pessimist. I'm that. a pessimist when you I grade movies. You're entitled to that. Yes. So. so let's get into something that we've already kind of touched on the investigators in both movies. Yes. Both played a huge role. What did you think? Yes. In Poltergeist, you have the technology of the day, you have 35 millimeter cameras, you have the mics, you have, um, you mentioned it in the last category, Mitch, the, the entry portal in the kids closet and then the exit portals in the ceiling of the living room where that's the entrance that's where Carol Ann gets taken to and that's where ultimately they she and mother come out um the scene where they hear Carol Ann running around Mm -hmm. upstairs and then she comes down the stairs and blows through her mom and mom can smell her on her. I was Mm -hmm. just like, that's always, I mean, I don't know if you could call that an enjoyable part of the movie, but it's, it's always very interesting to me. So, um, uh, the tennis balls where they tested out and, um, Tangia, Tangina, gosh, I always (laughs) say that, Tangina, Tangina throws the tennis balls through there and one of her assistants is downstairs and he catches those tennis balls, you know, and then they throw the rope and the rope is just hanging out of nowhere in the living room. Pretty cool, you know. That whole communicating through the television set of we have to turn this channel on so we can hear her voice, Mm -hmm. you know. You, You get all of that, that the family has figured some of that stuff out on their own and kind of educated the investigators when they get there because he sees the lights blink and she's like well there's two more gonna come and his lens cap is on his <laughs> camera like, to get a you picture. gotta be a little quicker than that <laughs> so I mean a lot of that 
for the time, I think was very, very well done. That's one of my favorite parts of the movie is when, you know, they were bragging about a Hot Wheels car traveling across the floor in seven, seven hours, hours you know, forever, seven yeah. feet, you know, and, and then they open up the bedroom door and, well, what do you think about this? <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, these people haven't seen anything compared to what they're going to have to deal with yeah. here. They're really novices. They're really novices. The one scene that I really enjoyed the most was when Dr. Lesh was talking to Robbie about how she explained different things. And I wrote this down. Um, what she believed and what she felt. Um, they talked about death. They talked about heaven. They talked about souls. They talked about the light of, you know, what that light means, of what that means when you enter that light. You get all that spiritual part of it along with the scientific part mm-hmm. of that. I really enjoyed that. So that's where, you know, I probably gave it a higher score than I know you're going to give it, Mitch. But I gave it a 95 because all of that part of the movie I really, really bought into. So 95 for Poltergeist. The investigators in The Conjuring, those two people knowing that they're actual real human beings, um, and all of the the footage, the part at the beginning where it kind of fades into a black and white looking um, newspaper mm-hmm. photograph, and it just those kind it just adds more realism to things. Um, at the end, the end credits, I loved how they did that with the old newspaper yep. clippings, and it looked like the old microfilm that you'd have to go mm-hmm. investigate in the library. Um, the two guys that they added, Drew and Brad, I thought those two characters really brought something more to the investigation. Drew was the nerdy kind of Asian IT guy, mm-hmm. and Brad was the I don't believe any of this kind of you know cop of yep. like you know. It brought a really good dynamic to that. So I I scored this high. I didn't score it quite as high as. Um, Poltergeist, I gave The Conjuring a 93 for those investigators and their process of what they went through. How about you, Mitch? So, looking at the investigators, and I like how you said that, the process throughout the movie that they took. Um, Poltergeist, one thing I did like, um, and I gave them a lot of credit for, um, is I like that they did add... Just the, the tone of the movie was very different than The Conjuring. Mm-hmm. There was some comedy in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of it was brought on by the investigators... Um, and, and not necessarily, not like a true comedy, but kind of through this idea of all they had experienced up to this point was very minor, mm-hmm. minor um, run-ins with uh, supernatural beings or right. supernatural interaction. Um, which again, that one of the things I loved was the, the car scene. The, we watched this car go six <laughs> feet in seven hours and then they opened the door and everything's spinning, the chair's up in the air, the closet's glowing. Um, so I did, I, I loved that because it added this extra dynamic to the movie. Uh, now, just looking more at their process, um, I I like the combination that you spoke about too. The idea that you can have this scientific idea where they talk a lot about how they're going to solve this problem, kind of what's going on, but then also dives into that idea of death, that idea of how spirits could be there, the idea of the light and all of those things. Um, I thought they balanced that really well um 
Also, I... Again, other than the one... And, and actually, in this category, I'm going to give her credit. Um, as much as the things I didn't like about her were very superficial, her character itself, I thought, did a great job. Um, did br- Brought a lot to the movie. Mm-hmm. Kind of bringing her in as the overall expert. Um, stepping and taking what they had. Finding this, uh, this idea, this connection um, between... Basically coming up with the idea to send them in with the rope, mm-hmm. go get the girl, pull her through. There's an entrance and an exit. We can get there. Um, explaining, adding the layer when she got there of, well, there's also this evil being in there. Mm-hmm. There's something in there that's trying to trick her. That's that's pure evil. Sure. Um, I love the part where she's upstairs and she's asking the dad questions and he's just like trying to think the answer to her. Yes. He's like, this is baloney because she can't read my thoughts, you know? It's like that levity there. Yes. I like that, you I know, because it breaks that tension where you don't have dread scene after dread, dread scene. Yeah, it doesn't get redundant. Scene, right? It doesn't right. get tiring. No. Sometimes no. when you get that over and over again, you're exhausted by yes. the end of it. Yes, uh, The other thing, just since you brought that up, is when they're tr- she's like, I'll go in and get her. And the mom, oh, what does the mom respond? Because she says, you've never done you've this never, before. Yeah, yeah. And then she says, neither of you. Neither of you. You go. You go. <laughs> and they're screaming at each other. I love that you know? moment. I Cause, laughed. Because oh. at that point, you know, it's just nothing but lights flashing. Yeah. But the way it's shot. Toby Hooper did yes. a great did job did. of shooting this Absolutely movie did. With minimal kinds of practical yes. effects. Um, and again, that scene, funny, but not take you take away from what's actually going on right, funny right. very believable like this idea that none of them have dealt with this mm-hmm. so her being like you've never dealt with this she's like, neither of you yeah oh yeah that's right none of us have really dealt with it <laughs> yeah like it was funny but didn't kill the still didn't kill the intensity right, of the right. scene didn't mm-hmm. kill that um so anyway long-winded but bringing it all together uh i thought the investigators the just the way they portrayed them the way they used them i gave them an 85 okay. thought it was good um Again, I still think there's that piece of me that's letting uh, Tan... Jeez, oh, Tangina. Jeez, that name. <laughs> Tangina. There might be that piece that's still bringing it down for me. Um, there also is just the... I'm comparing it to The Conjuring where I, I'm going to say I gave this a better score in this category too because I love the Ed and Lorraine Warren story. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I didn't say in the last category that definitely influences all of mine, anytime you put based on a real story, based on a true story at the beginning, yeah. Yeah. that immediately messes with my mind. Yeah. Um, Especially I'm, with something like this. Yes. And I'm very aware they take a lot of liberties when making right. these right. movies and put that tagline on there. But still, that idea of being like, wow, this might have happened to somebody mm-hmm. and they're claiming it did. Um so there's that. Um, because of that, I loved the investigators. I loved Lorraine and Ed Warren. Like you said, I loved the beginning and end, kind of bringing that um, that realism, the tr- the fact that it is a true story, based on a true story, mm-hmm. however loosely, um, kind of showing them and then showing the paper clippings and all of that, showing them speaking to at schools, which is something they actually did. Uh, they constantly were on tours talking. Um, as far as their actual investigation, the team... Love the dynamic of the team. Mm-hmm. You got the nerd, you got the cop who doesn't believe any of it, and then you got the clairvoyant and the super serious, uh, I call him the leader. Mm-hmm. Um, and they each carried their own weight throughout the movie. They each did something that they were each necessary mm-hmm. in the investigation. Um, 
And so I thought that was cool. I thought that was well written, well, basically well, well choreographed. The idea mm-hmm. of using all four of those people, the four different dynamics, um, and their stockpile of all their evil items in that room in awesome. that house. Awesome, I love I that. To say that. That is awesome. Like, you know that. Why would you keep all these yeah. things? Why would you have them in your house? Why would they not be locked in some yes. vault somewhere? But Now, one contradiction, since you brought that up, I'll bring it up now. One contradiction that bothered me in The Conjuring is when they're talking about Annabelle in the beginning, they say that the, the demon entity can't actually latch onto an object. Mm-hmm. It just manipulates it to trick you. Mm-hmm. So then why is the doll in their room? Yeah. If it's if it itself is not can't be possessed, it has nothing to. It was a, a, a just a tool that the spirit was using to sure. maneuver. Why would you need to lock it away? That's a good question. See, you're making my point that Poltergeist is better. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Marvin. That was one thing that Annabelle was not the point in this hole, movie. Big plot big hole. Big hole, that one line. <laughs> yeah, it was. It bothered me. It bothered me way more than it should. I was like, oh, come on. Uh, okay, so while we're on that note, then I'll pick on Poltergeist. <laughs> I knew you would. Here's another thing with the investigation in Poltergeist. They said hauntings are based on location poltergeist go after people mm-hmm. isn't the whole plot of poltergeist the fact that the house is on the burial ground true but here's here's what I would tell you that they didn't mention in the movie but doing some internet research yeah. here that because when they moved in Carol Ann was the only child who was born in that house that's why she's susceptible well that feels like a crucial thing you should yeah, put I in know. the movie if that was if you're gonna written somewhere in there and cut, they should have included that in there. If you're, you're gonna right. title the movie Poltergeist yes. and then describe it to where it feels like it's a haunting, not a poltergeist. Right. Uh, see, so there you go. There's my two nitpicky details. So she, I mean, they were one of the first families to move in there. Yes. And she was born, so she was more susceptible to that. Why was that not in the movie? I know. That's they a great have piece. That. Okay. So I gotta go back now a little bit and remember where I was. Right. Investigators. Right, um, eighty-five for Poltergeist. So, uh, finishing up on the Conjuring, um, I also just loved the the process of them trying to figure out um, where, again, and I already kind of talked about it, but the backstory and Lorraine figuring out like it possesses the mom to mm-hmm. kill the children, mm-hmm. them figuring that out, and then chasing the mom. Now, mom can't get out of the house because the the possession is keeping her in there. They have to do an exorcism. Um, I thought the movies went two different directions. One went a little more, added some comedy, and was a little more lighthearted. Less, mm-hmm. I'd say this, felt like less stakes. There was less at stake. Mm-hmm. Where The Conjuring was highly intense in the last 25 minutes. Yes. Where, like, I was tense. I was mm-hmm. tight. Um, and so, I really like that out of a horror movie. I, I love just being scared. That's fun. So, I gave them... Just slightly better. I thought they were both good teams. Um, I gave them an 89. So an 85 for Poltergeist, 89 for The Conjuring. Yep. So that takes us to our second to last category, um, other than overall, Explanation of Evil. What were your thoughts on how these movies explained the evil that was in them? Um, Where Tangina's character talks about how... Those evil spirits, and Dr. Lesh kind of got into that too, you know, really delved into that spiritual nature of what happens to souls that don't want to pass on, don't want to go to the next, to the next stage. And, you know, some of them, because she, 
she explains it to Robbie there of like, you know, and he brings it back to kids beating him up at school, mm-hmm. you know, where some of these spirits are nice and friendly and some of them are not. So um, I think the explanation of that evil in Poltergeist, um, just with those conversations, I think, um, and you're going to hammer me for this, but that's okay. I'm... Uh, I'm used to that. By <laughs> I'm giving that an, a 95 because it's about those conversations that they have. It's about those explanations. At the end, we find out where all this evil is coming from because they said that they were building another <clears throat> subdivision of houses and they are standing right by the cemetery, you know, and we're going to have it moved. We're going to, you know, we're going to move these remains and all this and like... You're you're t- you're trying to sell him on a house that's going to be built right here on this hill, right where you're standing, amongst the cemetery, and that whole idea of you cannot have the living amongst where the dead are, you know, because mm-hmm. then that's what brings on these things. Yes. I mean that payoff at the end to me was big as a kid, and I think it's still big to me as an adult. So I gave. Poltergeist a 95 for a grade on that. Now the details in The Conjuring is what really kind of stuck with me on The Conjuring. That whole idea of things happening in threes because Mm -hmm. it's an insult to the Holy Trinity. I was like wow, that is that is meaningful. It's it's deep in a very spiritual and religious way that that these evil spirits are mocking uh, a very strong religious ideal mm-hmm. there, yes. So um, the back the backstory of Bathsheba, and you mentioned it in the last ca- category where it possesses the mother to kill the children. Mm-hmm. You know where Rory's mother was it? It was Bathsheba that hung herself on that tree. yeah from the tree right. after being accused of being okay. a witch. That uh, the mother was she thought she was having a dream where Bathsheba pukes in her mouth mm-hmm. and it that's really the transfer of the demon to her mm-hmm. there so um i gave the conjuring a 92 for a lot of great details just not as much of an overall payoff there at the end yes. like i got with poltergeist so 95 for poltergeist 92 for the conjuring how about you mitch on the explanation so um I poltergeist, like I said, not detail. I I just I love the details. When a, with a horror movie, the more detailed it is, the more you can explain the evil. Um, I like it. Like with Conjuring, you just hit on it a lot. Those little details, the music box, the backstory of Beth mm-hmm. being a wit, being accused of being a witch, hanging herself, um, possessing, uh, possessing the mom to kill the daughter, uh, all that good stuff. Uh, poltergeist kept things very general. Mm-hmm. But just through this conversation, and I love this, that we when we do this podcast, it's the first time we really kind of dive into a super deep conversation about these movies. I get to thinking about it even more than I was before. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in hearing your explanation, I do kind of agree that I love the, as far as keeping things really general, they did a great job with it. Like, uh, we'll talk about the ending here in a minute, but I do like the idea that you get that conversation in the graveyard. 
you get some of that where it doesn't describe the, the people that are haunting them. It doesn't talk about, like, who those bodies are or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it gives you this cool outlook, like you said, of, like, you're trying to sell me this house that's going to be built on a graveyard right now. As I'm dealing with problems for being <laughs> built on a graveyard. Right. Um, that's a cool idea. Uh, also, the it, it not being over. And I'll, I don't want to give away my ending conversation, but the they thinking they them thinking they solved the problem and mm-hmm. then realizing that it was the burial ground underneath of them not just getting her out not just that little bit yeah um i do i think it's general i don't think you have a lot of detail of the actual the the spirit world or the spirits or any of that um but it's a cool idea they they really executed it in a great way mm-hmm. um your paranormal act or your paranormal investigators create cool conversation where you do get some insight. I still think it's super general in my opinion, but it's good mm-hmm. and it adds. Um, so for explanation of evil, uh, just for it being general and that being something I really hang my hat on of, of nitpicky for details, I gave it an 85. Again, good, not great. Kind of my motive of this movie. Good, not great. Um, for conjuring, uh, the details the details do it they for me it terrifies me when I hear things I'm big into it. the scariest thing for me in a horror movie is when you talk about religion um, demons that type of stuff so yeah the the repetition of threes um, the Bathsheba being accused of being a witch in a time where that was a thing that happened and then her killing herself um, I also really liked uh, when you talk about breaking down the evil the fact that there was also the kid there that the little girl was seen mm-hmm. who was which this also is a funny time to poltergeist the idea that there are good and bad there was a kid that was constantly guiding her like when she was being chased the one time it's like hey come here mm-hmm. she won't find you yeah. leads her into the wall to hide her um i think that's a sweet concept like mm-hmm. to me i was like oh this is awesome it's good versus evil um and so that explanation of that whole dynamic and kind of diving into the little nitty gritty details of why and, and the Bathsheba is vomiting in her mouth and you can see the transfer and mm-hmm. you can really follow the storyline uh, and it's terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, it helps when you make that character absolutely horrifying on screen as a larger um, dressed very old timey lady who they just morphed her face to look evil as evil could be the most yeah. evil um so again I'm, I'm talking very highly of it because again i love this movie i think and you only got glimpses of her i yeah, mean it was, it was quick never, shots yes quick yes. shots um mm-hmm. especially the scary ones in the mirror like yeah. when you get the wind up thing and there's mm-hmm. uh not necessarily her but just the things you see in the mirror yeah. the little board run by yeah. um that stuff um when you're explaining the evil and then uh, the fact that they add the music box to their mm-hmm. collection at the end. Those little things uh, were awesome. Oh, one last one. I'm talking about details. The one other detail that I thought was sweet was the necklace mm-hmm. that uh, Lorraine's daughter gave her. Yes. And it gets snagged by Bathsheba in the house. And then it starts moving in the house. Mm-hmm. And her daughter's is spinning where it's hanging yes. at home. And that's when everything oh. kind of starts to connect. Well done um, there. Yeah, that was a cool oh, scene for me where I was like, oh, you gave her a gateway to your daughter. Yes. Like, you created this opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, for all of those reasons, I gave this a 92 for the explanation of mm-hmm. evil. Um, I, I thought it was really well done. Sure. So, that leads us to the last one before... Um, before we talk about the overall grade that these ended up with, what'd you think about the endings? The ending of Poltergeist. 
you, you kind of hinted about that as you were talking about the last category. That whole idea of they thought that they had that solved. Tangina said this house is clean. Mm-hmm. You have Carol Ann back. She says, hi, Daddy, there in the bathtub, which is a sweet, sweet yes. kind of moment. And you're like, okay. And they're still in the house, you know. And Dad goes off to run some errands. And the... The two younger kids are putting themselves to bed, and mom's, uh, her hair had turned a little gray there, so she was coloring it. Yep. Um, I love the gray look, though. Yeah. You put those stripes in there, it I was like, good oh, that's looking. a good look, you know, pull it off. Joe Beth is a good yeah, looking she woman, she is. still looks good yep. today, but, um, then you get that night, you get another storm, and the kids find out very quickly, and mom finds out very quickly that... The evil's not gone from the house. Mm-hmm. I like that kind of throwback. It's not that last jump scare from a monster, but it's that same kind of way that that they did it there at the end, um, where that whole I, that whole scene where mom goes inching up the wall. You know, it's like how they did that, where they built this, they built the set and they rotated the room and kept the camera in the same place mm-hmm. to make it look like she did that. I really like the hotel when they go to the hotel and they're just exhausted. You know, the house, they drove away and the, the neighborhood's just all chaos <laughs> yes, is yes. breaking loose. All hell is breaking loose. The house implodes and which is another interesting practical effect too where they kind of took a model of a house put it on a vacuum cleaner and pulled these wires through this vacuum cleaner tube and shrunk that house. It's very cool. See, I didn't look it, it up, done, but, but when it happened, I was like, that is either miles ahead of all other CG used mm-hmm. in this movie, or that is an insane practical effect. I tell you what, I'm the practical effects, if you do it and you do it well, will always win points for me. Yep, absolutely in the same over way. CGI. CG's a movie ruiner if it's not yes. done perfectly. Yes. But the hotel at the end where they're trying to open the door and he can't get the key in the door and they're just all exhausted and they just want to lay down and go to sleep and then he kicks the TV out outside <laughs> on the on the balcony and then, then you see it. And then you hear the lullaby from the very mm-hmm. beginning of the movie again and you're like, okay, is everything okay? And if you know, this is a franchise so they go back to things and they go back to the story later on in subsequent movies. But I like the ending of Poltergeist very, very well. I gave it a 90. Um, the Conjuring... Way more intense at the end. Yeah, I would it gets say. real amped up. I mean, the exorcism and when he starts saying that prayer in Latin, mm-hmm. I stopped the movie there because my wife was watching with me, and I said, "That's the prayer to Saint Michael that we say at Catholic Mass every week." I was <laughs> like, "Oh my gosh, that's just..." And it's it. I mean, it's like save us from the snares of devils and demons here on earth and you're like you know he's using it there they found april at the end the locket mm-hmm. i love all that um that they give it back to her so you know it seems like everything's done and finished there and you get that that kind of light music at the end where 
we all kind of, you know, your your heart can slow down a little bit and your blood pressure can go down a little bit. So I gave the ending of The Conjuring a 90 also, Mitch. I gave them both the same because I think they're both good endings to a movie um, done in different ways, but I like them both. Absolutely. How about you? Um, so the ending of Poltergeist. This is where I, like when I told you earlier, I really, really like this movie and it holds up. Because I think a horror movie is a large majority of it is held on its end. Because mm-hmm. you can fully invest in a movie all the way through, um, buy into the characters, just be enthralled in what's going on. And if it ends in a way that is not um, satisfying, and I don't mean not in a positive way, mm-hmm. I mean just not satisfying where it either isn't thought-provoking or it isn't happy, something like that, right. it can ruin the entire movie. Mm-hmm. Um for me, Poltergeist is not that case at all. Um, I had issues throughout, kind of, again, with certain cast members I didn't like. Um, some of the believability, I was like, yeah, it's okay. One of the investigators I didn't love. But at the ending is where I was like, well, that was a good movie. Mm-hmm. Um, one, I love the fake out. I love that everything's fine. Mm-hmm. Just for everything not to be fine. Sure. And to incorporate that terrifying clown. That thing is so scary. One more time, yes. yes. Why is that thing in his room? I know, and and in that scene, it was actually choking him. Yeah. I mean, they had to stop the scene oh, because really? he turned purple because the arm of that clown was really choking oh, that poor Oh my gosh, that's horrifying. Yes. Oh yes. Um, so I love that fake out where yeah, you get you get her, uh, you get the investigator saying, "Yep, it's good." The house is cleansed. Mm-hmm. All is fine. And you're yeah. like, oh, okay. Well, this is kind of a cheap ending. They all go back to normal. They're moving out. And then it all hits again. Now you've got the house destroyed. I mean, and it comes back harder. You have the house going nuts. You have the neighborhood. Uh, they're driving away. And I just laughed because I got stuck on one focal point way down the road. There's just a stream of fire coming out of the ground. And I was like, what is going on over there? Like, how did that happen? Yeah. It makes you wonder, is this happening in another house? Yes. Yeah, yeah. It, it creates it's, that idea. It's wider than what right, they showed. Right, Um, So I loved it. I loved that. And like I said, after hearing you talk uh, also about the, the thing that I didn't like it being really general, but also rethinking, like that general idea was executed pretty dang well. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the end of Poltergeist where you get her in the pool and the bodies start popping up. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a sweet scene. Yeah. Um, another thing that I was... Where I was thinking this, and this one's not nearly as crazy as like the house being sucked in, mm-hmm. but like, how would you effectively get a pretty large item to shoot out of the ground like mm-hmm. that and get that effect? Um, but I thought that was sweet. The coffins are popping up and opening, the bodies are falling out, uh, and so you get mild chaos, calm, think resolution, and then absolute chaos. Mm-hmm. I it, it's a great recipe for an ending, in my opinion. Some people don't love that; they think it's cheap. I think it was sweet. Um, I also, another thing I love in horror movies, if done correctly, is you get them at the motel, but you don't get a resolution. Mm-hmm. You don't know if this is over. You don't right. You don't get that concrete, this is done. Mm-hmm. And I like that idea because it makes you think. You get done and you're like, oh crap, what if it's not over for them? Yeah, what, if what happens to them yes. next? Yeah. Um, what if the investigators were wrong and this thing follows them <laughs> somewhere else? What right. if, yeah. So I loved it. I gave this a 95. I thought it was a sweet ending. Yes, it was awesome. Um, 
the ending of Conjuring. So, uh, one thing I hate in horror movies is cheese. I hate cheesiness. I thought this was a pretty cheesy ending. <laughs> I did. I don't like it. I don't like the fact that the ending was all based on this memory of them at the beach. That is so cheesy to me when you have Lorraine yelling down, Think about that day! Think about the day you'll never forget. And I'm like, oh my gosh, seriously, this is the best way you can get rid of a, a, a um, what's the word I'm looking for? Obsession. This Obsession. is the best way is yeah. just by, don't get me wrong, I, I like happy things like that. But like that seems like a cop out when you've worked this hard to build this, this evil and terror. Mm-hmm. I wanted some answer that took some creativity. Yeah. I wanted you to find some way to make it real interesting to get rid of it. Sure. Um. And I didn't think it satisfied in that regard. Uh, now, like I've said, th- this rating... So the, just looking purely at the ending, um, it kind of breaks my rule as far as you can build a whole movie and be ruined by the ending. I think, and the reason I said I really like this movie is because I do think the whole thing put together is still really good. Mm-hmm. This ending just didn't do it for me. So yeah. I am going to contradict myself a little bit because I said this is one of my favorite horror movies. And I'm going to tell you, I didn't like the ending. I gave it a 79. Ooh, yes. man. Yeah, no, I it pissed me off because I put that much time and I was sure. thinking the whole time and I'm like, oh, that's so cool. Comes in threes, that's terrifying. Mm-hmm. The music box is such a creative way to see into the other world. Um, kind of like the portal in the uh, closet. That's another thing we didn't mm-hmm. really talk about that they're connected in. Um, it's a way to see through to a different, um, to a different place. Um, but yeah. Not a big fan of the ending. I will defend myself, though. This is one of the contradictions that I still really <laughs> like this movie. Sure. Yes. So, um, that brings us to the last thing. How did we do overall? Overall, I I went to the 10th place um, with my scores just because I didn't want to round anything. And they were awfully close on this one, Mitch. My overall score score for Poltergeist was a 92.8 and my overall score for The Conjuring was a 91.6 both strong scores both enjoyable movies um, I would I would go back to a couple points I'd like to make here of why I think Poltergeist is a better overall movie um, I think The Conjuring kind of relied on some jump scares too many jump scares I think that kind of hurt it. I not that it relied on them, but I think when I think back to it, like stuck doors and trying to break through doors, there were just so many <laughs> during that movie. I'm like, does a door in this? I mean, <laughs> someone fix these doors, please. This isn't a haunting. Um, you have a poorly built house. I wrote down that the jump scares were predictable, but the director took them from a different place. You knew when the jump scares were coming, but they got you in a different way. Yeah, they were misdirected. So that was good, for sure. you know? Um, what else? Uh, I think I liked Poltergeist better because it built that tension slower. Um, it seemed like we were into the evil and the conjuring very quickly, much quicker than we were into Poltergeist. Oh, absolutely. And it... Poltergeist gave me a chance to get to know that family and develop a connection to that family a little more than The Conjuring did. Um, Dr. Lesh, I think she's a good character. Um, 
And just Toby Hooper, um, the director of this and tech, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I think he didn't do a lot of movies, but I think those two stand out for me, for him as a director. And then you get Steven Spielberg involved, and he was helping shoot this movie at the same time he was doing E.T. And you're like, these are two like really, obviously from different genres, but two of his standout iconic movies. And the fact that he was doing them at the same time yeah, impressive. is pretty impressive. It's very so impressive. That's why I believe that Poltergeist is a stronger movie. That's How about you, Mr. Marvin, overall? So, my overalls, um, if I just took my averages, which is not how I'm going to do this, but I'll tell you what they came out to. <laughs> um, if I just took my... You're going to game the system, I aren't am, because we can. God, it's the beauty of this. Such a cheater. Now. Such a cheater. In, if I just average, uh, I still have Conjuring winning. I have that in 88 to 86. Now, I think you'll appreciate this, because I'm not just gaming the system for the Conjuring. Um, I just think within the categories, I always try and look at the categories as what they are. Sure. Um, just looking exactly at those categories. Um, so, I think when I look at a horror movie, there's way more that goes into it for me. So, one of the major ones that we usually talk about, we chose not to, um, this it's specifically in the conjuring the sound of the the score yes. the use of sound mm-hmm. the building intensity and then cutting all sound and leaving you in like three seconds of silence before something happens and then like you said the misdirect they use um i really like that that added for me um i guess one of the things i'm doing right now is defending the fact that i called this uh, a movie i really really like and my average came out to 88 for conjuring and mm-hmm. 86 for poltergeist I'm actually going to end up putting those at 94 for Conjuring and 90 for Poltergeist. Um, just because, again, uh, w- th- there was more there than what we got to necessarily talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, you talked about the jump scares. I'm not a big fan of overused jump scares. The Conjuring was right in my wheelhouse of like, it had a couple. Um, we, we could probably argue, and I might agree with you, one or two, one too many. Um, but I liked them. Because mm-hmm. they weren't, in my opinion, cheap. I felt like they were set up well. Um, like the girl, the one that comes to mind is the girl looking at the door in mm-hmm. the dark and saying there's a person there. Which, by the way, yeah. holy cow, that is a fear of mine. Is someone seeing something I can't see or a dog looking mm-hmm. up in a corner? Mm-hmm. Terrifying. Um, but they get you thinking that something's going to pop out there. Something's going to pop out there. Nothing does. The girl walks over. She's standing there. Nothing the girl's panicking a little bit, freaking out like she's it's right behind you. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, a jump scare's coming, but what? Is something going to pop out? And then all you get is a slam of a door really quick. And it, the sound, again, that's just a use of sound. They decided oh, yes. not to go with a visual. They just tried to get you your heart rate up by having this loud sure. bang right away. I appreciated that. I thought this was smartly made. I thought it was intelligent in the way it tried to use jump scares. Um... I also just again the I can't say it enough. The backstory did it for me. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. Uh, Poltergeist gets a bump just because, like I said, I think it holds up. So I think mm-hmm. that deserves a lot of points. Um, again, older movies always have respect for me because they're operating in an era where there's not these popular ideas that are reused over and over again. Sure, they're much more original and creative. Um, and Poltergeist is a great example of that. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think, and I, you're more of the expert on this era than me. I don't think there's a lot that at that time was doing what it did. 
No, I think it's no. storyline, it's effects, I think it's um, the way it, it kind of created a horror movie was very unique. Sure, um, because this was the beginning of the slasher movies. Yes. You had Halloween, you had the original Friday the 13th, there were blood, and yes. I mean, Halloween wasn't blood and gore, I mean, that was more tension, but yeah. you were starting to get some of some those. Some slasher. Yes. And I appreciate a good slasher, sure. but I will always respect a well-crafted horror movie. The original Evil Dead would yes. have been about the same time, yeah. too. Well-crafted horror movies are better than slashers and cheap thrills. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's true of both of these movies. Yeah. I think a lot of thought went into them. I thought they were very clever in the way they did things. Uh, Poltergeist, it's big. the big thing for it, I think, is just the way it used effects. Mm-hmm. Um as well as, that is one thing that stood out to me, and you talking about it again, I'm like, that is so mesmerizing. Yeah. Hearing about the house effect. Conjuring yeah. was its storyline. So, I had to bump both of them. I was long-winded today, so I'm, I, I apologize about that, but 94 to 90 is what I came out with. Nice. And I think Conjuring is the better movie. <laughs> so, I guess we have to agree to disagree. Once again, yes. So, that leads us to our finale here. Uh, hopefully we get this in in time because we're running out of time here, but... Alright, to wrap up tonight's episode, we came up with our top five of top five things that scared us as a kid. Because we had children in both of these movies tonight who were scared by clowns, scared by trees, scared by... Other things, other things, everything. Yes, so I'm really interested to see what scared (laughs) you as a kid, Mitch. So, what's your number five? (laughs) Oh, number five was failure. Oh God, I'm kidding. I'm not that deep. I'm not that deep. (laughs) (laughs) I threw you off there, though. Oh man. Yeah, no, I'm not gonna go there. Okay. Uh, My actual number five is basements. As a child, I could not... One, we had an unfinished basement, Mm -hmm. and I was always sent down to get things from our deep freeze, Yeah, and my brother loved to turn the lights off on me, and I... So, I guess dark is... The dark is kind of in this also. Mm -hmm. I have never ran as fast as if the lights were off and I was in the basement to get back up the stairs as Mm -hmm. fast as I could. Yeah. So, that was my number five. What do you got for number five? Dark closets. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Just that shadow in there with the door slightly open of what could be in there because when I was a little kid we had an we lived in an older house that had an upstairs I my bedroom wasn't up there it was like empty bedrooms up there and there was just this little kind of crawl space that that and I was like, oh my gosh, what is living in there? That creeps you know? me out just right now. So dark closets and in Poltergeist when Carol Ann goes closet light, closet light for mom yeah. to turn. I was like, I'm with you, Carol I feel Ann. That. I am with you. So dark closets. Okay, moving on. What's your number four? Number four, <laughs> big bodies of water. Basically anything that's not a pool and I can't see to the bottom of. Ooh, yes. I was dead set that every single lake, ocean, anything that wasn't crystal clear had a monster or something in it that would grab my legs. Nice, yes. yes. Uh, and, and I'm not going to lie, that fear still lightly holds to this day. Um, just that that unknown. The uh, I, It's the unknown of it all. It's terrifying. Mm -hmm. So, what do you got for number four? For number four, I'm with you on your number five, basements. Basements, man. Basements. I mean, just going down there and not being down there a lot, that dank kind of... Why does... 
Why do all these movies that we we talk about that we love have a cellar a or cellar. a basement oh, or the cobwebs that are yes. down there? Just all of that that goes along with it. I'm with you. It's terrifying. Yes, yes. How about your number three? Number three. I, I think you'll appreciate this. Um, I don't know if we've ever said this on the show, but we're both originally from Crete. Mm-hmm. Um, we might have on the very first episode. So I think you'll really appreciate this. Uh, the high dive at the Crete pool was a major source of fear for me. I so badly wanted to go off the high dive as a little kid, and yeah. every time I'd get up there and look over the edge, I couldn't do it. Oh, I, man. I'd have to back back down the ladder, and sure. everybody's like, oh, boo, and I'm like, yeah. that's scary. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I don't know. Was the high dive there when you were growing oh, up? Oh, yeah. Yep, yeah. it was, and I never went off of Dude, it. Dude, things terrifying. I went on that slide. I went on the low board, but get it. I'm with you. Yeah, the high dive's terrifying. It is. Yep. What do you got for number three? For my number three, now this is going to have some backstory along with it. When I was a kid, you had all of these kind of mysterious things that were still kind of urban legends, you know? Um, Bigfoot, Loch Ness Monster, things like that, that were these unexplained kind of things. When I was a kid, there was a TV show on Saturdays called In Search Of. And it was hosted by Leonard Nimoy, who mm-hmm. played Mr. Spock yep. in the original Star Trek. And it would always be something weird. So these unknown kind of mysteries. When I was a kid, there were books in the library, and we all knew what section they were in. And nobody had the guts to go check those <laughs> books out. Because it was like the Bermuda Triangle. And it was like all this weird stuff that they... I mean, I don't know what they were trying to do to, do to kids in the 70s, but... <laughs> It freaked us out. It freaked us out. So those uh, those weird kind of possible monsters yeah. or whatever. Things but, that hadn't been disproven yet. Yes. They're like, maybe they're absolutely, out there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How about your number two? Number two. So this is my one where I kind of still went with movies only because I just vividly remember my first reaction mm-hmm. to this. The Orcs from the Fellowship of the Ring. Ooh absolutely messed me up for multiple weeks. I, I, to this day, will claim I watched that movie too young. I also am apparently uh, a big old softie that I couldn't handle this because I watched it with friends and they were like, this is awesome. And I was like, I'm not going to sleep for two days because <laughs> those things are scary. Yeah. yeah, that one got me good. The Orcs from Lord of the Rings. Oh my gosh. To this day, I remember watching it for the first time. Mm-hmm. And I watched Through My Fingers On a Lord of the Rings movie. Oh, gosh. Um, What do you got for number two? That's great, because my final two are movie-based also. So, when I was a kid, on Saturday nights, there was a show called Creature Feature. Okay. And this, I mean, it was on the local Omaha station. He would, he would, I mean, it was a dude who would get dressed up in monster makeup, have this green light in his face... Dr. Sanguinary, I think was his name, and he would show all these old black and white horror movies. You know, Frankenstein, yeah. Dracula, The Invisible Man, The Creature from the Black Lagoon, that old, nasty, cheesy costume, but coming up out of the water with this, the crap hanging off of him, that freaked me out. Oh yeah, that absolutely. Creature from the Black Lagoon. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. How about your number one, Mitch? Number one for me is a, an easy one because it's to this day the thing I hate probably the most. It's the thing I hate the most about my house is that there's a ton of it. Uh, 
It's the thing as a kid that just ruined my day in a second. Snakes. I hate snakes. I see... I keep track of this summer, my PR was I saw eight different snakes in one day mowing, oh my which gosh. meant my heart rate never came down. I will chase them with a weed whacker mm-hmm. and just, oh, I hate snakes. Yeah. They scare me instantly. And I don't know where it came from, but it still holds. Yeah. So what's the number one thing that scared you as a kid? I might have to put that as an honorable mention <laughs> on mine because I didn't even think of that, but because I'm in the mo- in the mode of movies here, when I was a kid... Um, the original Carrie with Sissy Spacek yeah. came out and seeing that trailer like I, you know now when you go see a movie in theaters it's like they show you trailers of similar kind of movies yeah. you know if you're in a kids movie they're going to show you other kids movie trailers back in those days it was random and we went to a movie and I watched that trailer in a dark theater and it freaked me out for the longest time her covered in blood her those eyes of hers when she's you know using her telekinesis that yeah the trailer for Carrie when I was a kid scared <laughs> yeah. I might not be able to sleep tonight because just of that just thinking so. back to that moment yes so well yeah, that, those were some that, Man. those were some scary things right there. But bringing up some old fears. Yes, things with um, Halloween being a week away, we absolutely have got to talk about. You yeah, know, we so, got to. We love um, this stuff. We love the horror movies. Yes, we do. And our next pod's going to be two comedy horror Comedy movies. horror, which I love. We hinted at it last time that these were the two. We got out of order a little yes, bit. Yes, we did. We are going to be talking about... Um, Evil Dead 2 and... Yeah. Cabin in the Woods. Cabin in the Woods. Yep. Two great movies. Yep. And we'll probably be doing that in the next couple days. So we're yes. going to release multiple episodes this week since we fell behind. Absolutely. So you have that to look forward to. Um, if you haven't seen either one or both of these two movies that we talked about tonight, please oh. go out and stream them, rent yes. them, find a way to watch them. They are two of the greatest um, horror movies, scary movies of all time. Yes. So, um, this has been the latest chapter in your real education tonight. Glad you could join us once again.